Welcome back to the Boys and Bolos podcast. We're down here in the barbershop studio. I'm back from Mickey Mouse's house, and uh, I made it. I went to the dark, the dark side. I was able to come back. Yeah, there's really nothing like going to Florida days after it's had a like life-ending hurricane. I mean, Fort Myers essentially isn't even on the map anymore. I, I don't even know at what point DeSantis and who's there rick scott the guy who bans the words climate change from government documents because that's cool i don't even know at what point florida just kind of gives up it's like my honda for example if you know my honda it's a 2004 i probably need to put like a thousand dollars into it but it's probably only worth 500 so that's totaled at some point there are going to be parts of our world that are totaled and i don't know if we're there yet but you let the bayou take it back baby you just let it let the gators take it back just let all the water fl- let all the water flow back in. That's it. Fill the tributaries, fill in the tidelands, and just let the it go. Tidelands. Let it go. Ah! Just let the let let the state go. It doesn't need to be there. Actually, shout out to Mitch. Mitch is in South Florida listening to this. He's probably like buying kayaks. He's like, "Yep, I'm ready." <laughs> well, he was in Miami, right? So he's like, "It didn't hit." It Miami didn't hit Miami right? yet. It it was a hurricane that went up the. Yucatan side, the West Coast, and then cut across, got back out to the Atlantic, and then turned into category two or three, and then hit again in South Carolina. So the funny thing is, I've been watching a lot of um, documentaries about. We'll eventually also I've talk watching, about soccer if this is your first time listening to Boys and Bolas. Yeah, I've been. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Boys and Bolas is a soccer podcast. Thanks for joining. <laughs> we generally talk about Premier League and Champions League, but I'm going to give you. So I've been watching a lot of Disneyland, Disney World documentaries, usually. It's not satirical, but it's more painted in a dark picture, like the history of it. Walt Disney was a crazy, crazy guy. Uh, a lot of the channel of a lot watching a lot of the channel Defunct Land, which does a lot of like uh, history of things that went wrong with with theme parks. Well, fun fun fact about Disney World is that it's basically its own like autonomous town. They took over Buena Vista, Florida. They have their own utility. They have their own like housing for the for the people that work there. They have their own thing. Like they're not like really governed by the state of Florida. So like Ron DeSantis just kind of lets F- Disney World do its own thing. Because if they pay, I'm sure they pay some like taxes or payment in lieu of taxes to the state, and they're good. Like they just let them they operate. The Mickey Mouse runs around, and you know Goofy does his thing. Is it kind of know? like I don't know if you've ever been to Italy or Rome? I assume it's like Vatican and Rome's relationship where they're like hand in glove as far as it how it works out. But it sounds like it's a similar thing. It's just like in the middle of it and everyone's cool with it. Yeah, it's like you don't talk about, it's like the kind of the area where like flirty in politics and world, like everything kind of dies at the door. And it's just about the Disney quote unquote experience, right? You got people coming in from all these different places. You got like cast members, they're called cast members. They're not called staff. Uh, they got them working around, running around in their suits and their in their garb and their in their themes, and they're you know they're trying to make sure everybody's guest experience is top notch, and they don't really talk about anything but you know making sure your your vacation is um, it goes perfectly. Uh, let me tell you, pro tip for all the dads and and moms out there who have toddlers: don't take your kids to Disney World under the age of five. It's just not worth your money or your time. Maybe you could or even extend sanity. that to under the age of ten. Just get creative. You could, you could, you could, de- you could definitely extend that to under the age of ten because under the age of ten, they probably won't. If they go, they won't even remember it. Because I sure as hell don't remember it when I went when I was eight. 
You don't remember any of it? No. I don't remember any of it. I went when I was 12, and then when I was a teenager. And I remember, I barely remember when I was 12, but I remember the last time I went when I was a kid, you know, like when I was in my 0 to 18. Pre-pubescent, yeah, I don't, Jeffrey. Right. I went when I was like 16 or 17. Uh, and that's right. That's when the cynicism and the jadedness was already like kind of creeping into my whole vibe. And so I, <laughs> I, I was like picking up on some of like the bullshit, you know, what, what happened was you started to watch Spurs in high school and turned into a cynic <laughs> who can walk outside it's on a sunny true. day and see the black sun. Can you guess our listeners out there? This might be something that you might be able to guess at home. What was the most popular club Jersey? Now it doesn't have to be premier league. What was the most popular club jersey that I saw while I was in Disney World? Now, I didn't see a lot. That was one thing I was actually more surprised about. I was expecting to see more international club jerseys, even like Orlando Pride. Orlando, um, are they called the Pride? Oh, no, Orlando, um, they're whatever the MLS team. Just Orlando City, and their mascot yeah, is the Lions, so they call themselves the Pride. I saw yeah. one... I saw one Orlando City jersey, but that was the only one. Yeah, because if you're from Orlando, ex- you stay away from Disney World. It's like how New Yorkers will refuse to go to Times Square. So, Right. I was expecting to see more international club jerseys or even just an international jersey, any type of jersey. Not a lot of that because people seem to be very committed to the Disney merchandise swag look. Like buying shirts and merchandise and, and wearing hats and all that stuff that's Disney related, even though... They're there in Disney World. Like, it's a very weird vibe. It's like buying a concert t-shirt to the and wearing that t-shirt of the tour of the band you're seeing. It's very strange. To answer your question, I would go with three yes. clubs. They would okay. be Real Madrid, Barcelona, okay. or Manchester United. Those would be my guesses, and maybe it's one of those three. Which one would I saw it. I'm going to go back. Go back to front i saw no manchester united jerseys okay i saw zero barcelona jerseys. zero zero not one barcelona okay. jersey i saw one real madrid jersey on a 10 year old did you ask him for his age <laughs> no but i mean he looked 10 okay he was a young kid <laughs> okay. it was bizarre his dad was wearing a, like a i think his dad was wearing like a mock gladbach jersey it was a very strange dichotomy there Bundesliga and uh Bundesliga and La Liga, La Liga situation. Okay. Yeah. Uh no. Um John Scheimer Arsenal will love this one. I saw three Arsenal jerseys while I was down there. Three. I didn't see a lot, but I saw three. And they were one, it was a guy wearing last year's away kit, but had I think it was his last name on the back of the kit. Of course which it was. was a weird vibe. A true winner. It was a true Arsenal fan. Unless that's given to you as a gift. If you have the gall to go onto soccer.com slash shop and add your name, you are an absolute exactly. savage, and I question everything. Just my opinion. <laughs> it might have actually been this year because they have that weird font that's like hard to read. Oh, the back. right. Yeah. You know how it's like that weird, like, it almost it's almost like a uh, gothic kind of yeah, font. Yeah, it looks like a Game of Thrones meets Arsenal or something. <laughs> so it might have been like Jaka, and I just couldn't read it because it was like so. Well, it was also so literacy, like, and you were in a haze of two bringing three kids to Disney World in 90 degree heat post a hurricane. So I was, I might have been like heat stroking out. So heat struck. <laughs> I saw it. I was heat struck. Okay. So that's first one. of all, I saw an Arsenal jersey in Disney World, and I was like, <gasps> maybe it was actually Jaka. <laughs> there's a new conspiracy. And also, thing. like, if it was, if it was Jaka, like, that's, 
that's some like serious commitment because that guy probably bought it like pre Jaka's re- resurgence because he's playing really well. God, it, it pains me to say it. <laughs> it's but like Shaka is alarming. So he has well. like he has. That, I don't even think he has a yellow card this season, which is like no, no, uh, no, unbelievable. No, no, no. He's got a yellow he's gonna, card maybe he has for one. sure. He's got one. He starts the season Barely. with a yellow card. It carries over. They're like you know talk talk anytime minutes. He just starts it with a yellow card. I don't have any beef with Jaka besides him being like in the previous season. He's kind of been a thug, but like not. I mean, he's fine, whatever. He doesn't, like, bother me either way. All right, what were the other two yeah, jerseys? So three, and then maybe we won't Arsenal, lose all of our followers. <laughs> two, I saw two Spurs jerseys. I saw a Sun jersey. That was in Logan, though. That was, like, back in Boston. That was, like, but it was this year's Sun jersey. I saw a Kulisevsky jersey, uh, the fresh, like, blue away kit from this year. So I saw two Spurs jerseys. So I thought three Arsenal, two Spurs. I saw zero Chelsea. Sorry. I saw a, I think I saw like a West Ham jersey or something, something some some weird random one, and then I wore my Leeds jersey, the way one. Did you wear your Spurs jersey day. while at Disney? I did. I wore the fresh. Uh, was it the third kit? Yeah, the, the, the I think the it was the alternate all, like, the, from last year. That the alternate that one's last super year. Sweet. Yeah, I wore that one, but I I've been finding, and I'll admit this, just like I admit that I'm losing my hair, uh, <laughs> I fit better into a men's, like these like jersey sizing. I fit into a better in a large than a medium. Just oh, I like the way it feels, not so much the way it fits. Oh, I can't breathe in a medium. You bought me the medium pulley, and I thought I was gonna die. I couldn't get it over my oh, shoulders. I had, re- I had to return it. I had to return listeners. it. We had to return <laughs> On the low, it and low. get you a large. On the low key. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about week 10. So let's just, let's not dabble too long in week 10 because it's kind of now very much in the rearview mirror and week 11 is upon us. We're probably going to publish this on Friday and there's games on Friday. So Chelsea beat Wolves, no surprise. Manchester City blew out Southampton, no surprise. Bournemouth beat Leicester. Leicester are yeah. in trouble. My question from this week, I have two. One, how long until Brendan Rodgers is relieved of all of his duties? And what is the lowest you think Arsenal can finish with their win this week against Liverpool? Interesting. I'll tackle Leicester first. I think a lot of people saw this coming after last season because they didn't they dropped so far down and then they didn't reinvest in the club and they let Schmeichel go. I think that was kind of like the big writing on the walls. They let their like be- one of their best players just kind of leave. They didn't even bother to like try to keep him. That was kind of alarming to me. And then you'd think like a Ma- like with Madison and Tielmans and even like Vardy, Vardy hasn't been playing well and they got some young guys like Daka and um I don't know. They got but they left that's it. They they don't have any much else, right? So they have those like three or four players and Soyuncu is no longer like starting. He's like falling off a cliff, and yeah, it's just it doesn't seem like that team is gelling well, and they don't have a way to score. Like Vardy's just I don't I think Vardy's done. Honestly, maybe he's just done. And I don't know if they were anybody's like radar to get relegated. If they get relegated, that club's gonna fall apart. They're just gonna fall apart. I don't think they have with their owner dying a few years ago. That was crazy. That helicopter crash, and they have. The kids taking over. I don't know if the people at the top of the the ladder at the, in the leadership at at, Lef, at Leicester care enough to let that team keep that team in the Premier League. Now January is coming. It could change. They could pump some money into the club, but they may be in a similar situation to Everton, where they need to balance the books. 
and they don't have the money. They they let players like they let let players like Conte go. They let you know who knows. I feel like maybe you you probably think the same thing on this, but um, yeah, I I don't know. I I don't see them finishing much higher than seventeenth, honestly. That's the highest I think that they can finish currently, and I think you hit on all the points. There's stuff on the field that has been in disarray. There's injuries. I think there's backroom management. I think the Schmeichel thing was just weird to me. It just kind of happened, and it was weird, and it was over, and he was off to France. Vardy has been trending downward, to be fair, for about two or three seasons. That wasn't surprising. Sionchu, after I think last season – or maybe the season before, he had that injury, and he's never come back. Before that, he was in Team of the Week, Team of the Week, Team of the Week. He was up on you know Team of the Month. He was really looking good, and that is a downfall. Madison, to me, is still one of the best pound-for-pound players in the Prem, but he can only do so much. And historically, I don't think there's a team, and if you're listening and you know better, please DM us. I don't think a team has ever... In, in December, going into the you know Christmas break, and I'm using air quotes here, there's never been a team that's gone out of last place that saved themselves. If you are last place by the time the 19th game is played, halfway through the season, you're going to get relegated. That's just kind of how that cookie crumbles. And I don't see them... Ooh, it just gets so tough. They lost Fafana. That doesn't help. They are just kind of falling apart. And so my question with this is, like... Do you replace Brendan Rodgers or is it the age old situation? Well, well, we can't replace him because we don't have anything better. But I wonder if Chelsea changed that because Chelsea fired Thomas Tuchel, who arguably is one of the top five coaches in the world. And then they just went and bought Graham Potter. They just stole him from Brighton. So I wonder if the game has changed and whether the family there that's very, very wealthy, if they would just go pick off another coach from another team that they thought would work. Because other than that, I don't know who you're going to bring in. I mean, are they going to go pay Tuchel? I mean, I don't really know who's out there to get. And because, like, it's not for the, me, it's they not need a coaching a problem. They need, like, Mbappe. It's not a, co- it's not a coaching problem. Conspiracy it's a Mbappe. Problem. Yeah. It's a coaching problem. It's not a coaching problem. Brendan Rodgers is, is good enough to get that team into, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh for the last couple seasons, eighth, whatever it is. It's not him. Maybe he made me move them up a few places, but even then, if even if they move out of the relegation, they're still underperforming. A team that was in like fourth or fifth two seasons ago to drop this far down with roughly, well, I guess their cha- team has changed, but I guess their players really have dropped off. I think the more likely scenario, and, I, and I, I'm going to make a prediction here that maybe some of our listeners might disagree with, but I think a more likely scenario is that Madison, somebody needs a midfielder after the World Cup because they lose some to an ACL, to a, a 12-week injury, this or that, and they need a solid midfielder, actually an above-average, one of the best midfielders in the Premier League, and they pay top dollar, emergency, doll, emergency dollars for Madison. And Lester says, look, we got $60 million, $70 million for Madison because his price tag is around 50 I think. I think that's what the numbers were kicking around when Spurs – we're, we're knocking at their door. If somebody's going to pay $65 million for Madison, Leicester have to accept because they need to reinvest in the squad in January to either buy a player here or there or to just bank it. 
and then buy player some good championship players when they get relegated so they can move back up in the Premier League <laughs> the next season. I mean, that's literally the the trajectory they're on is not the trajectory of staying in the Premier League. It's the trajectory of dropping down and being like a Norwich and bouncing back up. Like, that's how bad it is at Leicester, I think. Honestly. No, I, I agree. And I think... And I just want to go over their matches, right? So they tie Brentford the first game. The first game of the season, crazy things happen. I don't really count the first three games because you're just getting the the kind of the rust off. So they tie Brentford. Okay, lost two points. Then they lose to Arsenal, who's actually a much better team. That's okay. You're going to lose that game. They lose to Southampton. That's a problem for me. Then they lose to Chelsea. Not that big of a problem. They actually outplayed Chelsea most of that game. We just kind of got lucky. Then they lose to United by one goal. That happens too. United's honestly a better club. They lose to Brighton 5-2. to two. That was the first red flag. That's maybe when Brendan Rodgers should have been pulled in the room and maybe had detention or something. Had to write his name on the board a thousand times. Then Spurs destroyed them 6-2. to two. In, that, in that game, because I, I, you know, obviously I was watching that game pretty intently. Spurs weren't, weren't playing well. And literally a formation change wrecked wrecked Leicester. They they switched to 3-5-2 and they just pounded them. So like that that team doesn't have the capabilities to adjust and then maybe that's a coaching thing, maybe that's a personnel. I I don't know. But they got rocked second half of that game. So rocked. They get rocked by Spurs. The next game they destroy Nottingham for nothing, which they really needed and we talked about it that week, week 9. Mm. They really really needed that win. Then this past week though, they lose to Bournemouth can't lose to Bournemouth. You can't lose to Southampton, not in the current league where we are. Brighton's pretty good, so that's okay. You can't lose. No, you can't. You can't lose to Brentford either. You can't lose. They tied Brentford, so they didn't lose to Brentford, but they did drop two points. That is a lot at the end of the season. So I actually think Leicester will probably be in 19th or 18th by the break, and I think they Mm. escape. But this is going to be a very impressive escape. And I love your call. I think Madison goes to Liverpool. Liverpool need a creative yeah. midfielder. They, oh, they don't have one. So bad. He could just sit right in front of Thiago and do some different stuff. They are totally missing creativity moving forward. I think that in January, too, we're going to have a really weird January because it's right after the World Cup. And with Mbappe wanting to leave, arguably one of the biggest players to move, maybe in the last two decades, in my opinion, top 10 players to maybe have moved with his talent and overall potential, and he's won a World Cup. If he goes in January, he may inspire other movements this January, which we normally wouldn't see. Normally big names go in the summer, as we know. So if Mbappe were to go to Liverpool and James Madison goes to Liverpool, it would, as you're saying, give Leicester that liquidity to make some serious moves super quick in the January transfer window. And honestly, there's always players that come out of the World Cup who no one's kind of heard of or they're sleeper players. And then all of a sudden they're going to be a big deal. For me in the U.S., Munsa is one of those players. He is an absolute beast. And I think he's going to be gobbled up in the January transfer window. But let's go back to week 10. And I'm glad we talked about Leicester because I, I think we definitely needed to, to talk about it. Week 10, Arsenal beats Liverpool in a in a big game. We could actually talk about this game for an hour, but I don't want to lose too much time because we already talked about Florida for 10 minutes. So let's kind of move on. And I want to talk about the Champs League if you're cool with that. Because the Champs League is getting spicy. And to talk about another team that is underperforming that as of late, they were in the final in 2015. And they were in the final, I believe, oh, my math, my math, 2019, 2018, 2017. Juventus. I'm talking about Juventus. Juventus. They have just, basically Ronaldo left and they now are useless. 
in I couldn't tell you I couldn't tell you like besides maybe Di Maria who's on that team and he's oh. injured because Dybala oh. left uh they've got uh that big guy the big guy the big oh that the Valhalovic that they got Vahalovic. from uh, Fiorentina yes 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 yeah but they're doing so bad if you look at the stats and I'm getting down to where they are they're in group H PSG and Benfica basically go through if they pick up another point they're basically locks and then they have to see who's going to go one and two out of that group but Juventus is essentially only in Europa League and this is a team that has oh. been more competitively in the last decade in Champs League and now they're just kind of bound destined oh, to Europa League yeah there's no chance they're make they're going through <clears throat> I mean mathematically they can but that would be surprising they would need to even, win both games and they would need yeah. PSG and Benfica to not pick up a point yeah, that's not happening. I mean, Benfica, they've been playing better. Even with losing Nunez, they're still pretty good. PSG, obviously, is going to go through. Juventus, they're underachieving. I think the big... I don't know. There's 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 some things happening. I mean, Bayern is just dominating. Bayern always dominates and, the group uh, stage. This is really kind of like nothing new. They always do pretty well. Yeah. If you go through and you look at all the... Let's look at all the third places and talk about... Actually, no, 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 no. Wait a second. Go ahead. I got to give props. I got to give props to your uh, team, number one team right now, Napoli. They are playing friggin' fantastic. <laughs> like, if you watch some of the highlights, I don't watch that. I don't watch the games because I'm either watching Spurs or one of the Premier League teams because that's what I'm, you know, or Real Madrid and uh, Barcelona because I'm, that's, but that team <laughs> is a is a blast to watch. They're fluid. They move. They they attack really well, and they're very good defensively. Like they, I think they've given up like two goals or three goals or something silly. This in this in this group stage, they're dominating. They're dominating in Syria. Ah, they're playing extremely well, and it's just fun to watch. They're, they're a fun team to watch. So if you are able to catch a Napoli game, either in Syria ah, or on Champions League, tune in. I think they're the team to to watch. In the knockout stages, they play home and away up until the final, right? Yes, they play home and away up until the final. I thought they were going to. I think they're going to change that. They're going to change that next shot. Not next next year, but in 2024. I think they're they're going to go to just a knockout, just one one and done. Once you get to round 16. Or is it round of eight? Round of eight. Okay, so once you get to the quarterfinals, then they're going to. Quarterfinals. Either way. Quarterfinals, semifinals. So Napoli's worth watching. I who what did so Eddie and Nader, I think we were talking about Napoli. They said mm-hmm. semifinalists. They said Napoli's if they could put money, they would say Napoli's gonna go be semifinalists, which I think I agree. I, I I think that's a very strong possibility. It depends on their who they get matched up with. But if they'll be a one seed, so they'll they'll be okay until I think round of eight. So what I was going to so say... Third place. You're talking about third place. I want to talk about third places because if you look at the third place teams, you have some teams that historically have been big in the Champions League. So you have Ajax. Ajax a couple yep. of years ago only lost to Spurs in 2019. Otherwise, they would have been finalists if they didn't... If basically Luka Mora didn't destroy them in, in, in an entire second half. So they're in third in Group A. Group yep. B, the third, is Atletico Madrid, who in yep. 2014... In 2016, they went to two Champions League finals. Now they're kind of falling off. Barcelona, for years ago, was running the Champions League. Now they're in third, and I don't think there's a way for them to go through other than a Christmas miracle. Uh, Sporting is a historic team, but that actually, let's get back to, I want to get back to Group D because that's still up in the air. Milan, Group E, won it last in 2007. Still a historic team. Could still go through, but they're currently sitting in third in Group E. Shakhtar Donetsk, they always are 
competitive, but they're still in third, and they've been playing really well. Like watching them play against Real Madrid was honestly impressive. They, and then they, Sevilla, that, that game, that game. By the way, that game tied in like the ninety something. Yeah, minute. Rudiger got his face destroyed minute. by the goalie, so he could get the ball. Good old Rudy. Group G, Sevilla. They are Europa League kings. I think they've won it six times in the last 20 years or something. And then Juve sitting in third. So my point is there have been – this has been a really competitive Champions League season. And if you look at Group H, that's – Group H is decided. Group G is decided. Group F is not decided. It's going to be Red Bull, Leipzig, or Shakhtar going in. Group E is probably the most competitive because any one of those teams could still qualify with two games left between uh, Dinamo Zagreb, Milan, Salzburg, and Chelsea. And the same could be said for Tottenham's group, Group D. Any team could still qualify, at least mathematically, with Mm -hmm. Eintracht Frankfurt, who won the Europa League last year, Sporting, Marseille, and Tottenham. And Group C is, you know, basically done and dusted. Atletico or Porto is going to go in in Group B. And... In Group A, it's going to be Napoli, Liverpool, and I don't see Napoli not going in first. So, anyways, Champions League has been very exciting this year, and I'm glad that Spurs are back. You guys have been playing well. You've been defending well, which is nice. Shout out to Club Bruges, Tejan Buchanan. Uh, that that it looks like Club Bruges is going to go definitely going to go through. They got their leading Group B. Uh, big props to MLS star, uh, New England Revolution star. That is awesome. He's starting those playing going from MLS to the fucking Champions League starting. Got to gotta hand it to him. He is a superb player. Deserves all the credit he gets. Love to see it. I'm glad you said this, and I'll say it again. His name is Tejan Buchanan. He's an absolute beast, and he's part of the reason why I think Canada qualified because you had Alfonso Davies on one side and he was on the other side. He's a sleeper. He's one of the guys who's going to come out of the World Cup who easily could be bought up. You know, Lester could go buy him for 10 or 15 million, take him off Club Bruges and bring him over to the Premier League. He's a sleeper. He's going to play really well. Canada is also in a group of death in the World Cup. So if he shines there, he's going to be totally on the world stage saying, hey, I can do this. Any club that plays in a wingback kind of formation, wingback style, uh, Chelsea, Spurs, um, he can defend, but he's a really good wingback. Plays, has a left foot. His left foot or is he right footed? You know, I'm getting I'd confused. I'd have to look. I don't really I think know. he's a right but, foot, but okay. Either way, he's a very he's a very strong player, young potential. Watch out for him. Tejan Buchanan, remember the name. Let's look if you're cool. Let's go ahead and let's look at week eleven. We start off with a Friday game with Brentford and Brighton. I let's see. Do we want to just do focus games? Because Brentford, I, I think Brighton's gonna win this. Brighton just look really yeah. good. Yeah. The, Brighton's good. They're still looking for a coach, but they that team's solid. So the next game, actually, I normally wouldn't want to focus on this game, but since we did talk about Leicester's a lot this episode, Leicester <laughs> play Crystal Palace, and for me, this is a must-win. Like they're at the King Power. My prediction is that if Crystal Palace wins by more than two goals or more, Rogers is done. He's absolutely done. I don't think that Crystal Palace is necessarily that much better than, than this Leicester team. I do think well, you're totally right. I just think that they've been underperforming. So that's my only prediction. If Crystal Palace wins by more than two goals, Brennan Rodgers is sacked by midday on Saturday. They're Thoughts? not separate. They're only separated by nine points and five goals. Uh, nine points and like they've scored – Crystal Palace have scored seven more goals. 
this is not a lock for Crystal Palace, especially away. I think still think Crystal Palace are a better team, but I could see at home Leicester squeaking out a 2-1 win. I uh, want Leicester I, to win. I, Let me just – I'm putting it I, out there. I want Leicester to win. I think they're going to – I think that Brendan Rod. there's just no other better coach that they can get right now that's going to be able – they can just – replace with by with Brendan Rodgers that's going to give them a better outcome for the players with the players they have so so my my problem is not it's like I said my problem is not the coach it's the personnel and so they're gonna they're gonna continue to like win a game lose three games win a game lose two games you know they're gonna flounder what you've just said you've described the relegation battle yeah exactly they're gonna be in relegation battle that's that's I think we're in agreement the highest the highest they can do is 17. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Okay, and especially I, I think I think January is going to really tell the trajectory of the club second season. I think if a a club like Liverpool comes and sweeps in and pays sixty million for Madison, they have to take it because to either strengthen your defense to 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 be a Burnley and just defend with their lives to get a point here and there to get seventeenth, or they think that Madison's going to secure them more. Like so, I just don't think Madison's going to give them more points than what. They're get they can get with a few more players defensively to keep them in the Premier League. That's my opinion. I agree. I totally agree. I mean, I think it's it's a massive personnel issue. Let's not talk about Wolves, Nottingham Forest because they're both essentially in relegation and it's not too exciting. They're kind of turning down. No. Fulham and Bournemouth are kind of in the middle of the table. I expect this to be a tie, but I want to jump right into Tottenham Everton. We haven't talked about Tottenham in a while. You've been in Florida, mm-hmm. haven't been on the pod. Good to have you back. Let's hear the cynicism. Will you beat them at home? Absolutely. But what if they play Deli Alley? Are you scared? <laughs> he's not. He's he's at Besiktas. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, he's, he's at Besiktas. Yeah. Yeah, he's in <sighs> Turkey. How can you uh, let him go? I know. You just love that cameo appearance from Deli in like the ninetieth, in the eighty-fifth minute. He just brings uh, on no, so much hope. I, I'm going to. I'm going to stray from my. Uh, from my half glass and uh, glass half empty um kind of outlook and i'm going to say tottenham hotspur stadium is a fortress we haven't <laughs> lost a game there in like 15 matches can you say that with matches. a straight face though say, no try, try to can't. do it again without giggling tottenham hotspur you can't even say it you can't even say it <laughs> uh fun fact about tottenham hotspur stadium they may it may be called the google stadium very soon I know. I like uh, how Daniel maybe. Levy's doing the most. He's sitting on LinkedIn, like, "Hey, uh, you work at Google? Can you pop? Hey, can hey, you? Can you ever do thought some about networking? naming a stadium? Have you ever thought about uh, sponsoring a stadium? Calling it but the uh, a Google. I think Spurs are supposed to be at full strength. They're getting Kulusevski back. Moore is back. Brian Healy even played well in the in the Champions League. They got some attacking options. Kane scored a goal. Sun scored two goals. I think they're firing much better. They're finding answers in the 3-4-3, 3-5-2. Everton's trash. I expect a pretty big win. I don't think it's going to be comfortable in the first 20 minutes because Spurs are Spurs, but I think they'll figure it out and win like 3-1. to one. I'm excited to watch this game. I think it's going to be good. I just find Everton to be tricky customers, and I do like their players. I mean, I think Mape is not someone I ever want to play against. Damari Gray is nice. Onan out of the midfield, he can be troubling when when he wants to be. So we'll see. Let's go to the next game. The problem is their defenders are garbage. Yeah, the problem is defenders. they have absolutely no defensive line, and they basically have Jordan Pickford back there. He's 
praying the entire time. He's just praying and shouting. That's it. That's praying all and shouting right and greasing his hair back. Uh, the yep. next game I actually want to talk about, so you can answer my second question, which you did not answer, is what is the lowest Arsenal can finish? Oh, thank you. Thank you. I thought we I got to get you back on track. Circle back to the yeah, Arsenal. Circle back. I think the lowest, honestly, I'm going to say with Liverpool's fall off, the lowest they're going to finish is fourth. I don't think the lowest they're going to finish is third. United's Aye. not that great. Spurs, yeah, not going to push them that much, I don't think, over nope. the... They've just got a lot of points already. And Spurs, Chelsea, and United just aren't really going to be... Spurs, Chelsea, and I are going to fight it out for third and fourth, is my opinion. I actually think Arsenal might finish second, but I think the lowest they'll finish is third. They're playing really mm. well, and they just have that swagger. When you're playing well, you're just going to go be like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to figure out how to win this game. That's a good point, because if Liverpool is going to finish out of – like because everybody picks Liverpool to finish second, right? City finishes first, Liverpool finishes second. If Liverpool drops to fifth or sixth, like Diego is saying – that just opens up a whole business with Chelsea, Spurs, and uh, and Arsenal because United's trash and they got Harry Maguire and Luke Shaw. And so, <laughs> anyone else so, you want to roll call? Lindelof, uh, Lissandra, there? Lissandra Martinez know. is short. That's all. That's Lissandra all I got. Martinez is short. Yeah. That's like that's like calling the sky blue. Uh, and so. Yeah, I mean that's true. I mean third, could, I could it could be third. I'm gonna say the lowest, the absolute lowest they can finish is fourth. Though that's your question. Okay, like I'm not, so gonna, I'm not saying they're finished, yeah, that's my question. Finish out of the top four. There's no chance. No, there's no chance. They're top just, four. I think unless they like suddenly like every one of their players that goes to the World Cup gets an ACL injury and then they're they're decimated. But like yeah, they, they're like they're all discussed. they're all on a party bus and the bus turns right too quick and all their right ACLs get ripped off. That's right. It. So. But like that's not gonna happen. They they have like the least of all the top like six clubs. They have the least amount of players going to the World Cup just by happenstance, right? So, I you know that I mean, good on them. Arteta's Arteta's spent a lot of money and built a built a squad that of, Wait, of players that it was Arteta's money. He came out of pocket. Yeah. You know what I mean? He no, I actually he don't like chose to, <laughs> he chose to buy these players. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, it looks good. Arsenal's playing really well. I I, I expect them to beat. Leads even at Ellen Road. And I want to clarify something because we got into an argument with John and, and Diego about whether well, we get into an argument team. with John every day because John but believes like, the Earth's flat. But the but the bottom line is is that like John thinks that you and I don't think like we don't give enough props to Arsenal. Like we don't think Arsenal is like when we talk about Arsenal, it's like they're not good. Maybe That's we don't give enough props to Arsenal on Mike. But John doesn't know we have a shrine for Arsenal. We have the TT Henri <laughs> shrine. Every time I come into your house, I do the Burke Camp swoop. You know, John doesn't know yeah. these things. He doesn't see these things. I got like an Invincibles poster up on my wall. Exactly. Yeah. Like I love Patrick Vieira. He's my boy. Crystal Palace. But like the problem is, is that like during that whole argument, I think John like comes from the thing that we think Arsenal is not good. Like it's not deserved. Like, no, we never. The argument isn't that. The argument is that like they've had some fair luck some good luck along the way towards these I, I would say like nine of their points i think lady luck has definitely been a part of their journey this season nine nine points i'm not saying they're they deserve to be like out of the top three or four but actually like, if you take those nine points away then they are out of the top four so that is what you're whatever saying. it is so maybe maybe not nine <laughs> points but like they were gifted nine points Maybe. Well, the good news is we're going to move on before we go down that rabbit hole. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> I don't want to get too much uh, it, but the refs had a lot to do with that Liverpool game. Let, we'll here we go. Here we go. Here comes the Spurs Twitter. <laughs> it's bubbling over. Uh, 
So the one thing I will say is, and maybe I'm a traditionalist, even though I'm fairly liberal when it comes to politics, life, overall lifestyle, I'm a traditionalist in the sense that it's nice to see the chips are starting to fall the way they should. Oh, Arsenal like and City are fighting. The order, the, the order of Chelsea, the Manchester United, Newcastle's yeah. hanging around. But for a while there, it was weird. It was like Brentford, Crystal Palace. I don't know. It's like when you go to the house party and there are people there that you don't know, and you're like, bro. Or like what? some like the geeks are talking to the hot chicks type of thing. Yeah, but the hot chicks are also the geeks. It's just a whole vibe. It's a whole you know? thing. Yeah, you know, up is down, left is right. You don't know. Yeah, what's I'm happening. a traditionalist. I don't know. Maybe I don't get out of my comfort zone enough when it comes to the Premier League standings. But anyways, that's starting to actually happen, and that normally happens by week ten, and then by week fifteen, everything really starts to solidify, and you see who you're going to be like elbowing next to you in the in the in the table. So. Manchester United-Newcastle actually is going to be a very good game. Oh, yeah. They are right next to one another, only separated by one point. The I thing think. you should – wait, but the thing you should – I want to say this on pod. Manchester United are in fifth. Newcastle are in sixth. Manchester United have 15 points. Newcastle have 14 points. And since you can't see, or maybe this is your data point, what is the goal differential? Because that is insane. No, uh, don't look I it w- up. Don't look it up. Don't look don't it up. Look tell it up. me. Uh, don't look it up. Don't look it up. Stop cheating. You're looking it up. I can I'm see you look it up. up. I hate it. I'll, I'll tell everyone. Oh my Manchester god, United, that's that's it's insane. So rough. How are they? So, how do they have that many points? So Manchester United is negative two has negative two. They're the only one in the top six to have negative goal differential. They have negative two, and Newcastle have positive eight or plus eight. Yeah. What does this tell us? This tells us obviously the city game brutalized Manchester United. But what it also tells us is when they win, they're winning by the minimum margin, which is one goal. They're yep. not beating teams three and four, nothing, even by two goals. So I actually think this game is going to be the game of the week, even though there's another game that we can talk about that's also going to be a fire game. But I think this is going to be super competitive. It's also at Old Trafford. And Ronaldo has been getting back in. He's been getting some PT. So I'm super bullish on this game what do you what do you think is going to happen Bu- bullish on newcastle you mean i'm bullish on the game being an awesome game i actually don't know what's going to happen i think newcastle i think it's going to be a tie or newcastle win i don't think united are going to win this game you don't think united are going to win i just old, we just went old, over the goals at united's old defense is at, a little I, bit I, swiss trust me cheese if united were away i would agree with you but they're at old trafford i think they will rise to the occasion I think Anthony, Anthony. Uh, now I'm biased because I just added him to my fantasy, but <laughs> I think he scores a goal. I think Ronaldo scores a goal. And I think they win barely two to one. Now I could be wrong because Newcastle do look the better team on paper, but United did beat Arsenal. So transitory kind of theory, wrap it around. Connect the dots. Man United win at home. Okay. Harry Maguire. Well, think Harry Maguire will not I think start. It's a tie if Harry Maguire a... starts or Luke Shaw starts, they lose. hundred percent. They're oh, if Harry Maguire is even defenders. dressing, they lose. He's so atrocious. The only thing I hope is that Gary plays Maguire in the World Cup and he oh, yeah. crashes out of the group stage. But I don't think that's even point. happening now. That guy Dyer, although Dyer did play pretty poorly this past Sunday, Saturday, but yeah. Either way, garbage. He's garbage. Maguire's I, garbage. If there's a team that will win this Sunday, it will be a United. How about that stat? <laughs> you like that sure. deep dad joke? It was good. It was good. It was good. Uh, I think that 
it will be a tie or Newcastle win. You think United will win 2-1. Either way, what that tells us. There's no tie. There's no tie. There's no tie. It's going to be a good game. It's gonna be. I, I think it's gonna be game of the I week. I agree. Game of the week. However, let's let's move forward to what most people will think the game of the week, and the one that is scheduled to be game of the week. Because normally this, the game, the last game on Sunday is gonna be your your premier game. So we have Liverpool City now. After watching Liverpool Arsenal, and yes, there were some things with the refs, and yes, there was a red card that was soft, and yes, there was a penalty that wasn't given, and then there was a penalty that was given. Sorry, John Scheimer. What I do think this game is gonna tell us. There's no red is, card. The state, there wasn't a red card. No, you're thinking about the Arsenal Spurs game, but doesn't matter. There was a penalty in the oh, box. Oh, you're right. Yeah, he kicked him. So I, I hear what this you're is going to tell us where Liverpool is. They're at home, which, yep. as you say, is like a fortress. Using air quotes. Now you stole that from Anfield, and I don't see a way that Holland doesn't make a mockery. Right now, Liverpool's back line after watching them in the Arsenal game. I thought Arsenal did a pretty good job of kind of cutting them up. And honestly, if you watch that first goal, Trent Alexander-Arnold is so out of position. It is an absolute mind boggle. All he had to do was be one step in and one step back, tucked in. The ball goes in front of him, and then he has a chance to close it down. He's outside. The ball gets cut on his inside, and he's just out of the play. I, I've he's seen some so things. abysmal. I think if I've he starts, they thi- lose. I, I, I've seen some some comparisons. They're like They're like... Trent Alexander-Arnold is a championship defender, and I won't even go that far. He's a League One defender. He is a League Two defender. He doesn't know the fundamentals of defending on the wing in the Premier League. In in soccer, he doesn't know it. He couldn't do it in Serie A. He couldn't do it in La Liga. He couldn't do it in fucking Liga Un. He is that bad. He is. He would get diced in any of those leagues. Yeah, he's Liga bad. Un. And Dombele would take him out. Take, and take him for would, a sub. He is... He's lucky that he is he can pass the ball as well as he does and can take free kicks as well as he does. That's the only thing keeping him in the Premier League. He's bad. He's regressed. So, normally Terrible. we're used to a two-horse race in the Prem the last three seasons with City and Liverpool right there. Now, don't look. Stop cheating. Don't look. I know you're looking. I'm not looking. How many points separate City and Liverpool right now? Eight. Just guess. Eight. 13. Eight. Worlds yeah. apart. Yeah. I okay. think if Liverpool win, they win by the slimmest of margin by one goal, and it's going to be weird. I think if City win, though, three or four goals. I think this is going to be bad. I will That's say. My take. I will say, Bobby Firmino. We're seeing the second coming of Bobby Firmino. Bobby Firmino, you know what? Let's go right in. Do you want to call City winning this Liverpool game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. City's going to win. Okay, City, let's get to Bobby Firmino. Bobby Firmino, everyone, is going to be the fantasy pick that you want to pick up this week because he's been playing very well, and he's still a tricky customer. Do you I, wait until, I wait until next week because they're going to lose the city. But they're going to lose the city. Yeah, I would also wait until next week. They're going to be destroyed at city. He's not really going to make an impact. But he's a guy who I think you may want to start to consider putting on your team. Yeah. I also want to shout this out because Oz and I were texting. And I want to just – what did Oz say? He said something super funny the other day. He said, if I ever get back in first, I'm going to change my team name to 3Pete just to mess with people. Ooh. He's just out there talking shit. And he's also like, who is this Will Hayden dude who like randomly triple captains goalies and then they score a hat trick? Because Will literally does that. So like I'm not unconvinced that he can't see the future. He's like on he's on some wizard shit. Will, if you're listening, like 
Dude, you, we do? might have what to check you for what, doping. What was his? Uh, what was his most recent? I don't know. He did something call. ridiculous, and Oz and I were like, "How did he possibly come up with that?" He like he triple captained or you know not captained Holland for a second, and it like hit. And I'm not gonna go back and look through the weeks. And oh, I can. What did he do? Oh yeah, he captained Madison, and Madison scored all these goals, and he got 36 points. No one was captaining no one Madison. Yeah. Everyone just keeps captain on Holland just to be safe. So. Right now, Will Hayden's in the top spot. Rafe Mahmoud, nice Rafe. I'd love to see that. He's right behind him. Ozatik's in third. Mitch is in fourth. Arthur Riggs with Pro- <laughs> Prodigal Son. I still love that. Nick Bailey with Hale, uh, Holland's Homies. I'm in seventh, which is kind of fun. And then Diego's in 10th. Greg Latine's in 11th. Jeff, you're in 12th. And do you know who's in 13th? Who missed an Molly. entire week? Molly. Molly has gone from 22nd to 13th, and she missed an entire week. So I always tell her she's got about 50 points, more or less, if she had played that week. If Molly were to have 50 points, and I'm doing some napkin math, she would be in 7th, right behind me. Uh, I, I Eighth, actually right me. am more, just more impressed that we have 22 people in in the fantasy league. That's, I mean, that's, oh, I think that's none the, of them listen to the podcast, but that's not important. Oh, it doesn't matter. That's fine. Uh, we want to get our fantasy next year up to like fifty. Yeah, and then we get 100. fifty. We get fifty. We get, we'll we'll have a stronger fantasy following than we will podcast following. That's the real dream. That's the. Real we just dream. do this for each other. This is just for kicks. This is just for kicks. It's just to talk to each other, share some laughs. What was Diego? Diego was getting. He was. I think Diego was angry that we just said last season that Ronaldo, that Manchester United is just Ronaldo vibes. He's like, I hate when you guys say that. And I'm like, dude, but it was. It was just Ronaldo vibes. And then Ronaldo scored. And then you texted to the group chat, Ronaldo vibes are back. And he like lost it. Really? Because oh, <laughs> he didn't together. lose it. He just thinks it's hilarious that that's all we say. Ronaldo vibes, Ronaldo vibes. I don't think Sean likes it either. I, that's what it was last year, man. Like we haven't I, said I know. this season at no, all I'm because not. he hasn't been around. Like I'm, I'm just calling it like it was. That team was Ronaldo vibes. You're calling it like it was and like it is a true, a, a true objective. Commentator. It was. They put all their eggs in the Ronaldo basket. It tanked them, and now they're trying to rebuild. It's like it cost them like hundreds of millions of euro of pounds, whatever. Yeah, it's terrible. You just went through a lot of currencies. They each none of mean them, different things. None of them worth anything anymore, but. So they're all worth the dollar, which is the dollar, an which is nice vibe. for me. But you know. Anyway, week eleven is on the horizon. Ciao, ciao. Thanks for listening to the Boys and Bolos podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch at Boys and Bolos. If you'd like to be a guest, please reach out. You can hit us on any of the social media accounts that Jeff just mentioned, or email us directly at boysandbolos at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.